Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 211. Are you ready for it factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then, join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. Do you want new promotions and free, low-cost marketing strategies to attract new customers? Go to restaurantpromo.net today and become unbeatable in your market. Again, that's restaurantpromo.net. Get on it. We have learned from so many of our past guests that to be successful, you need to systematize, automate, and leverage data in your restaurant. Well, with QSR Online, it's never been easier. Head over to go.qsronline.com slash unstoppable to learn more. Yo, what is going on, all you unstoppable restaurant professionals? It's your host, Eric Cacciatore, and this is the podcast for personal growth in the restaurant industry, and we do it by listening to and taking the advice from some of the most successful hospitality restaurant professionals, whatever you want to call it, food and beverage. We talk to those people. We find out what it takes to be successful. Today's Thursday. That means it's Authority Thursday, and I have an authority on the show today to kind of talk about how we can just literally, easier than ever before, do whatever we want in this industry, learn whatever we want, Uh, and it doesn't take getting a super expensive college education to do it. Uh, With the internet, we can literally reach out, do some research, and just educate ourselves easier than ever before. Um, that's really one of those if factors we need is to just never stop learning and to constantly be, constantly be pushing ourselves to just learn and get that next lesson. And like I said, it's never been easier. So we have a great guest on the show today, Chef Chris Young, uh, co-author of Modernist Cuisine and founder of ChefSteps.com, uh, a video resource like library, uh, membership-based Great tool, uh, and we'll learn a little bit more about that. So I'll shut up so you can listen in. Here it is. I hope you guys enjoy it. And with excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, Chris Young. Chris, tell me you're feeling unstoppable today. I am feeling pretty unstoppable today. I'm in a good mood. Good. Awesome. So uh, Chris is the co-author of the six-volume Modernist Cuisine, The Art of Science in Cooking, which is an accessible 2,438-page encyclopedic cookbook for the professional chef or curious home cook. Uh, More recently, he has focused his life towards developing ChefSteps.com. Founded in 2012, ChefSteps.com is a Seattle-based food and technology company on a mission to help people cook smarter. ChefSteps.com and its companion app are designed to inspire uh, creativity and encourage experimentation through high-quality, interactive content techniques, tools, and resources. Chris, obviously, this is a huge aerial view of who you are and what you've accomplished. I can't wait to learn more about how you got to where you are today and why you're doing what you're doing. But let's get that motivational, inspirational ball rolling with a success quote or mantra of what do you have for us today. <laughs> uh, fail often, fail frequently, and hurry up and move on to something that just might work. 
I love it. And that, that reminds me so much of one of my favorite quotes, which is fail forward. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, dive deeper into that quote. And well, why okay. So you really have to, you know, <clears throat> you had kind of a mouthful of a description of what chef steps about. I can say it more simply. Uh, chef steps is about innovation in the kitchen and making cooks happy. Mm. Uh, our job is actually uh, the business of happiness, which if you think about it, is really what restaurants and professional cooking is all about. You're in the hospitality industry. Your job is to delight and make people happy. Mm-hmm. And that's why many of us get into this. My career actually started out as an academic. I was a mathematician and a biochemist before I bailed on a PhD. And I became a chef. And I, I didn't have any formal training, but I started cooking. And I ended up at, a, at the time a relatively unknown restaurant in London called The Fat Duck. Mm-hmm. And uh, I started out as a stagiaire, but eventually was promoted to the opening head chef of the Fat Duck Experimental Kitchen. And the whole point of that was to innovate, to create a place where we could try things that we weren't sure were going to work. Uh, in the in the goal of trying to make new food, new ideas, things that would be delicious, things that would surprise and delight people. So in a sense, what drives me and what's driven my career is about innovation. And if you're really innovating, you're almost always failing. 99% of the time, you are dealing in failure, the things that didn't work. If it always worked, you're not actually innovating. You're not doing anything that interesting. You're doing the predictable. So my job at the Fat Duck uh, was to learn how to create structure around failure, to invent new, new dishes, to redefine what a restaurant could be, what cooking could be. And in a sense, with Modernist Cuisine, Nathan and I recognized that there was an opportunity to create a book that put a lot of the information and made it more accessible to cooks to help give uh, people context of, of how to fail in interesting ways, where are interesting things to explore and try, with the goal of innovating more in the kitchen, innovating more in, in the dining room. And ultimately, with Modernist Cuisine done, Chef Steps has become a place where we leverage the power, the connectivity, the openness of the Internet to create a place where cooks can learn from one another, where they, they can share ideas, where we can fail together, learn new things, and, and move on with the goal of trying to do new stuff in the kitchen. Awesome. And uh, listening to you talk about failure and uh, how we just are always trying to learn from each other and move on, I'm, I'm thinking of Thomas Edison's quote where he says, you know, I didn't find the – I can't remember the quote exactly, but it's like I didn't find the one way to uh, – that worked to you know cr- invent the light bulb, but I, I found a thousand ways that didn't work or something like that. Do yep. you know the quote I'm talking about? I know the quote you're spoke, speaking of, to paraphrase it, um, you know – I haven't solved the problem, but I found a hundred things that didn't work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and that, that's exactly what you want to be doing mm-hmm. so that the next thing just might work. You, you gain more knowledge from failure than success. But traditionally, kitchens are places that are very risk-averse, that are very intolerant of failure. The traditional um, uh, chef that's focused on, you know, basically browbeating and berating his cooks to, to succeed that's not going to create a very innovative kitchen. It's not going to ultimately result in a lot of success. Certainly, standards have a place in the kitchen, and discipline has a place in the kitchen, but you want to be open to new ideas. You want to be open to failures because they point a way forward to innovation and doing new things. Awesome stuff. So, uh, great way to start off the interview. I'm feeling pumped up. I need to find out more about your why, your purpose, why why you do what you do with, uh, you know, initially uh, creating that the book, Modernist Cuisine, and now what you're doing with Chef Steps? Uh, I wish I had a great answer to this, but, you know, for me, I like doing things that haven't been done. I suppose I have a bit of a chip on my shoulder that when somebody tells me something can't be done um, or is impossible, I have this strong desire to just basically 
prove them completely wrong. So in a sense, um, my career has been about uh, trying to, to do the impossible and make it possible. My tools have been science um, and art, I suppose, to do that. And I've always been drawn to the kitchen because it's such a fun place where you get such immediate feedback on what you're doing. What were people telling you you couldn't be done? Why were you, what were you trying to prove wrong? Well, so, you know, I, I think part of it was, um, uh, and how long do we have? I think on some <laughs> level, one of the things I found when I was, was in academia that so much of education was not about uh, it was actually about taking what's known and regurgitating those answers, about mm-hmm. taking the safe path of let's not do research in that area because it might not work and then we won't get a grant and everything will be awful. So let's let's take this very small, safe, incremental step. And ultimately that that burned me out on it. When I started as a cook, I started in a, a very good, uh, very good kitchen, a former David Boulay chef mm-hmm. who, who taught me a lot of skill and technique. But I kept running into answers from cooks of, well, just do it the way I showed you or do it uh, because I said so, which aren't very satisfying answers. Um, I think when I heard about Heston Blumenthal, what was appealing to me was the fact that he was challenging those assumptions, challenging those beliefs in an attempt to find new things. So in him, I I, I saw somebody as a, a kindred spirit. And what was great about that place is we were genuinely open to Let's try it and let's see. And, and so much of the culinary world, especially at that time, was about doing what was already known. You only had a handful of chefs, Ferran and Albert Adria at El Bui, Heston Blumenthal, Wiley Dufresne, Grant Ackett's r- roughly in that era, who were really challenging assumptions and questioning it and created cultures in their kitchen where experimentation was okay and mm. acceptable, in fact, even expected. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think uh, you know the people that were telling me it can't be done were the majority of the people in the cooking world saying that, like, what we were doing is silly or, like, you know, it shouldn't exist. Um, you know, the fat duck in its day was extremely controversial. We had a lot of haters. Yeah. Um, and so that, I suppose, caused us to double down uh, and push harder. But when you look at the history of food in general, most of the things that we know today ha- happened by chance. Uh, there were mistakes that people mm-hmm. realized, oh, well, if I submerge something in fat, it lasts longer. You know, like yep. these little things that nobody like did it intentionally originally. They just noticed these trends. And I mean, that's kind of like when you are in a kitchen and you're always learning to or pushing the envelope or experimenting in new things, you're going to stumble across something else that you might have maybe not had intended to stumble upon. But I think it's really crucial to always push the envelope like that. It is. And yet so much of the uh, things were taught in culinary school, for example, are about just do it the way I showed you and repeat it and repeat it and repeat it and get better at repeating it. Um, and it's very few chefs that actually are willing to take that that risk. In fact, historically with cuisines, I think it's often been home cooks out of necessity who've had to innovate that have done more to drive cuisine forward than mm-hmm. professional chefs that are all about uh, the discipline of, of recreating yeah. standardization and yep. recreating a meal over and over. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Cool. Um, so I'll let the, the listeners at, know, at home know why I decided to pursue this interview. And it's, it stems from an interview I had with Chef uh, Richard Allaire, a uh, great guest on the show. And he was talking about how much the book that you co-authored influenced him and helped him. He was a self-taught chef. He, he worked in a restaurant. I think he started when he was 24 years old. And 15 years later, he's an executive chef. But he discovered your book and he, and he taught himself through reading The Modernist Cuisine how to really push the envelope and learn about all the different sciences and to really become a, r- a truly professional chef. And it got me to thinking about 
all the guests I've had on the show, all these successful restaurateurs and executive chefs, chef owners, chef proprietors who didn't get formal training, but they're still doing so well in their careers. And a lot of it's because they pushed the envelope. They, they consumed cookbook after cookbook and got the experience staging. And I feel like today with, um, technology, uh, literally you've seen it in the past year or 10, 15 years where food has just become so competitive and there's just so much information out there. Do you want to speak to that at all? Uh, sure. There's a, a lot of places to start. I, I think I start by saying that, uh, you know, I don't think culinary school has much of uh, a correlation with your success as a chef. Many of the very best chefs I've known, whether Heston Blumenthal, uh, uh, Farron Adria, these were not formally trained chefs. They did not go to a culinary school. And, and, and Thomas Keller uh, wasn't formally trained. I mean, right? You know, and and, and nobody's going to say that these are not among the very best chefs who have ever cooked. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, one of the things that historically was valuable about going to culinary school is it was maybe a way of going a bit faster. It used to be that. You know, there was an apprentice system, particularly in Europe, where you would move from restaurant to restaurant and slowly work your way up. Culinary school was originally a way of consolidating a lot of that into a short number of years. And in a sense, uh, culinary school sort of was this big symbol that if you come to these fancy buildings, you will learn all the things you don't even know you need to know. Mm-hmm. Um, the Internet's totally changed that. Mm. You know, the ability to go on YouTube and learn how to brunoise or learn... 50 different approaches to doing a brunoise, uh, different ways to peel a carrot. That has totally changed the equation where, you know, I would argue now the best way to learn, the best way to advance in your career are by actively cooking, going to kitchens where you're, you know, you're not going to chop five onions, you're going to chop 50 kilos of onions. And so you're going to get a lot of that, that training and those hands-on skills. And then combine that with the theoretical aspects of looking at what knowledge is available on the Internet. So that's a mortal threat to culinary schools. But in a lot of ways, it's never been a better time to become a self-taught chef because you have, you have, the, you have nearly access to all of the information in the world through things like YouTube and Facebook and Wikipedia. Yeah. Um, and you can work in a restaurant and gain the hands-on skill and the experience and the discipline. It's unclear what is the big value that culinary school plays today compared to 10 or 20 years ago when it was a little more uh, uh, opaque in terms of where do you go to learn the things you don't even know you need to learn. Yeah, I mean, I I would argue that at one point, like maybe further beyond like 20 years ago, uh, there was a benefit to going to a culinary school because you couldn't get the information so easily. But now with the the ability to access literally anything you want to know with a simple search, it, it, it seems more important that you just... Surround yourself with successful people and learn on your own. It's that self-education. And um, it's a heck of a lot cheaper, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, that's kind of why I wanted to talk to you today. And I, I wanted to learn more about Chef Steps and uh, what people can expect. And, uh, I mean, I know it's, it seems like your target audience is the home cook. But what's cool about it is you, you cover so much of the basics and then at the same time, you really dive into the science, into the more complex things, and you make it so non-threatening and not scary. Um, so what can people expect? What kind of videos can people expect when they go to Chef Steps? Well, so it's an interesting thing. We don't actually spend a ton of time thinking about are we for professional chefs, are we for home cooks. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we found that that's not a helpful way to categorize people mm-hmm. because you can have people who are incredibly passionate and enthusiastic home cooks who are incredibly talented – but, you know, their day job is they're a lawyer. 
Mm-hmm. And you can also have uh, professional chefs who, who, you know, their job is actually cooking, but they don't care about all this. They don't actually care about learning. And so, you know, you know, we want to be for the people who want to learn more about cooking, who, who are, uh, want to, to, to engage with other curious cooks. And so what we tend to do is we create videos of things that are interesting to us or things that our community has asked about. Mm-hmm. Our community is very passionate about sous vide cooking. Uh, we obviously have a tremendous amount of content focused on that because there's a lot of misinformation out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, in fact, our community is so passionate, we kind of decided we needed to create our own sous vide tool to, to like make the experience what it could be, mm-hmm. but we're not just sous vide. Um, you know, we've got content on how to use a high speed centrifuge and why you might want to do that. Uh, we've also got content on how to make a, a, a Bernays sauce. Um, mm-hmm. So we tend to go into things that interest us and that you know are questions that have been raised by our community. In a sense, we're really a service that's focused on on solving problems for people in our community. If our community says we want more pressure cooker content, then we're going to go create that. Um, if our community says we'd like to see some some cool knife skills, we might go do that too. I mean, it, it, we, what we won't do is if we don't feel we have knowledge worth sharing, if we think there's somebody else who would be better at it, um, then we'll probably shy away from that, or we'll, or it, it, at least we would work to try to bring somebody who's a real expert in on that. Uh, a good example, a lot of people were asking us about coffee, and you know, being from Seattle, we're pretty passionate about coffee, but we didn't feel qualified to create a bunch of content uh, that was really going to be world-class on coffee. But we reached out to a guy named James Hoffman, who was a world barista champ in 2007, and, we, and, and La Marzocca, who, who uh, supplies us our espresso machine, and we worked with them to help create a bunch of awesome coffee content for our community. And so uh, what you should expect at Chef Steps is a tremendous number of videos that cover a lot of different uh, cooking techniques, definitely with a Western uh, or a Western focus, because Grant and I are both kind of classically trained uh, European chefs that, that came up in European kitchens. And so that's kind of the food we know. Uh, so you, you might you're not going to find a tremendous amount of Thai food on mm-hmm. Chef Steps right now. That that wouldn't be authentic. But what you will consistently find is we're always curious about how recipes work, what's really going on in the kitchen, and can we explain why something does or doesn't work so that other people can learn from our mistakes and keep innovating in the kitchen. Now, say somebody uh, signs up for Chef Steps or they're looking for a video and you don't have it. Uh, but it's totally something you could do. How long would the process be from that request to when you publish something? Well, it would depend. We, 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 because it actually to go create a video involves lots and lots and lots of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a single request um, might get us thinking about it, but it's probably not enough that we're going to drop everything and go do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it tends to be something like, do we see the same questions about uh, uh, from a large number of people and over? Like, do we keep seeing questions about... Uh, baking, for example, we, we get a lot of baking questions. So like right now, we're doing a bunch of content on cakes. Uh, we don't promise a turnaround or a timeline because sometimes we reach the decision that even though it would be cool content, we're not the right people to do it. And we don't want to disappoint people by promising we're going to do something we don't do. Mm-hmm. But what people should know is we listen to all of the feedback. Like, like we spend a lot of time going through the feedback, trying to see if we're seeing themes or patterns or if it's it's a signal that we're doing a bad job at communicating something like we'll go fix, fix that. But there's no promise of uh, three requests means we'll go create that video. 
Yeah, and I think the biggest thing to take away from this, as far as like the original question on like who's this content for, at the end of the day, whether your title is home cook or professional chef, the techniques on how to cook aren't going to change. Um, oh. So like it doesn't really matter. But there's great content here, and it's a, such a broad range of content from the most basic how to break down an, a, a bird or how to, you know. So many things, and it's so yeah. I, I can't even begin because I was going through the videos trying to make a trying to look for trends, and it's just it's so broad from sauces to sous vide to baking it to smoking like so many things there. Bagels, I saw a video on bagels, like yeah. it's so broad. Um, but the point that I want to make is that today, don't be discouraged if you can't afford to go to culinary school, or don't feel like you're not you know worthy of that job because the information's out there, the books are out there, and today even easier the the videos are out there to. You know, you can learn so much today if you just make the decision, if you take that choice uh, to be great and to learn and absorb and surround yourself with people who are also similarly passionate like you are. Um, I think that's exactly right, which is, you know, the best chefs I've ever cooked with or I've ever worked with are insatiably curious and are always looking for more knowledge, not assuming they know everything. And it's sort of a golden era right now um, for chefs. You know, it's it's a it's a. a it's a career a lot of people aspire to, and the ability to uh, learn things is tremendous. The, the other thing that's, that's worth pointing out is there's more opportunities than ever before of, of cooking for people in different ways, whether it's a restaurant or a pop-up, that it's actually never been a better time for uh, somebody to decide, hey, I want to become a chef learn a bunch of information, and start cooking for people. Now, why do you think that is? Why do you think there's this, this this great opportunity right now? What's happening in our world that's causing this? And Chris is going to answer that question, but real quick, we have to thank our sponsors. Looking to increase sales in your restaurant? There's only three ways to make that happen. Attract new customers, increase check averages, and increase the frequency your customers visit. RestaurantPromo.net gives you free case studies, strategies, and how-to guides to do all of the above. RestaurantPromo.net is your go-to place to get ahead in business and in life. Again, that's RestaurantPromo.net. Get on it. Systematizing and managing your restaurant can be difficult. Between service providers, software, and people you employ, you can find yourself and these processes spread all over the place. What if you could bring all these systems and processes to one place where you could easily manage and automate it all? Well, now you can with QSR Online. For over a decade now, QSR Online has been helping restaurants minimize their costs and gain time back in their lives. To learn more, head over to go.qsronline.com slash unstoppable. All right, we're back, and Chris was just about to explain the huge opportunities and why uh, now is better than ever to uh, just learn. Well, I think that's something we see, uh, you know, it started with the the growth of the Internet in the early 90s, but now that's really matured as a technology. It's things like Uber existing. It's mm-hmm. things like iPhone, mobile devices like an iPhone existing that makes it easier to connect with people. Yeah. I mean, we're all familiar, familiar with Kickstarter, right? Yeah. Um, a restaurant, if you think about it, has always been a crowdsourced phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Essentially, somebody who's good at cooking gets a building that is a big beacon to everybody in the neighborhood that says, if you come to this place, there will be food here, and in exchange for cooking for you, you will pay me money. Mm-hmm. It's you know, Restaurants have always been a crowdsourced phenomenon, and, and the restaurant physically has been a signal, uh, very much like a Kickstarter page, to say, hey, that's what goes on here. But today, because you can use Facebook, because you can tweet things, 
You don't need necessarily the big physical building to find an audience who wants you to cook for them. You could put a tweet out, and if you have a bunch of followers saying, like, hey, I'm cooking at my house this Sunday evening, and anybody who wants to come over uh, is welcome to at this time, and boom, you have a restaurant now. Mm -hmm. um, that's the power of these social tools. Of They make it easier than ever for you to find an audience who wants uh, to enjoy your cooking, and the other side of it is it's never been easier to find the information on what you should cook or how. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'll add to that. One other thing I think communication and technology, I mean, essentially what connect technology has done is just improve communication. You can learn or find anything or discover whatever you want. But also really what it's done to, to our industry, in, in my uh, opinion, is it's really high, you know, heightened the standard of what excellence is. When yep. you can literally look peer into someone else's window almost like with say pinterest or uh instagram to see what your neighbors are doing to see wow this is what they're doing now i need to match that level and it just hasn't stopped for like the past 10 or 15 years because of just how easy it is to see what other people are doing and, and that's super exciting because it's just accelerating the the rate of people innovating and it's getting more people who never thought they would cook becoming cooks which just means you're getting more ideas going i mean that's fantastic i mean what the other thing has done too is you've seen you know throughout the 70s and 80s and 90s people kind of ruining food and trying to find shortcuts to put food out as cheaply and as fastly as possible so you can train any kid in high school to drop a fry there but now since those standards are so high you really need to have some skill you really need to know kind of what you're doing to kind of match that same level of uh you know standard um that people have come to expect when they go to eat because everybody's kind of trying to outdo each other. So now, like you said, it, it has created so much opportunity for the professional cook because you can't just drop a fry later anymore. No, there's more choice for the consumer than ever before. I mean, it used to be you might have been one of three restaurants in town, but there's so many more options. now. I mean, it's not very far off before like Uber is going to be delivering meals to people's homes. That's just comp more competition, which gives consumer more choice. It educates them more so. You know, the downside, if anything, is you do need to be more skilled. You do mm -hmm. need to uh, to elevate your standards. You do need to take more risks and try new things. There's mm -hmm. lots of tools to do it. The people that will lose out in this new world are the people who don't want to learn new things and don't want to keep raising the bar. No, but I think it's a good thing because, um, you know, hundreds of years ago, people had so much pride in their food, the culture that their food has, you know, you know put onto their you know the the impact food has had on culture and now i feel like that's kind of coming back because um there's just i feel like people are just way more proud of food now yeah. am, I, am i imagining it do you kind of pick up on what i'm saying like we and, we certainly see it at chef steps that uh one of the things that it's it, i mean it's probably the biggest compliment we can get that when uh we get photos posted on facebook on instagram on chef steps of people cooking our recipes or even better something that was inspired by our recipes mm -hmm. and you know they're showing pride in actually cooking um and i think that's great you know if we're make, if, if they're happy if, if they're happy because they cook something they're proud of enough to share a photo and say hey thanks for this it was great then we've done our job of making them happy and we're thrilled that people are taking pride in what they cook you know, the, the worst thing is if somebody's apathetic. Like, our, our, our competition, our enemy, is like ordering the pizza. Like, mm -hmm. I can't be bothered. I can't be asked to cook. <laughs> like, that's, that's like when we didn't, like, convince somebody that, hey, you should, like, 
care about your food, you should try to do something. Mm-hmm. And you're like, yeah, whatever, like a pizza will do. That's when we didn't do our jobs, and, and we're kind of sad about that. So we're always thrilled when people are taking pride that they learned a new skill and they cook something they're proud of. So uh, I guess let's kind of wrap up with uh, telling the folks at home uh, what, where they can go, uh, what to expect when they get to Chef Steps, like the, the ways to connect with you or your people to, I don't know, the, to, to, to take the next step, I guess. Uh, the easiest thing to do is go to chefsteps.com. So most of what Chef Steps does is free, and you know, signing up with your email is great. It's, uh, it's super helpful for us and for them to be able to pay a little more attention to what, what's useful and what isn't. But premium is the other part of Chef Steps, which that's where we're trying to create um, deeper content, more resources, uh, provide better customer service, and frankly, new tools that will help people be successful in the kitchen. Um, and our general attitude towards that is like we are really just trying, you know, we think that's worth something. And we have a one-time lifetime payment. I think it's currently $24. Yeah. And that gets you all of the content plus all of the stuff that we're going to update in the future around that content. And and it, it allows us to focus on who are the people that are especially committed to Chef Steps. Mm-hmm. But as I said, most of what we do is uh, is sort of a, a, almost a community service to the culinary community because it's been so good to us. Mm-hmm. We feel we need to give something back. Awesome. Great stuff. Really uh, just excited to share this resource uh, with my listeners because, like you said, titles don't really matter, whether it's for the uh, professional chef or the home cook chef. Good foods, good food. Techniques, technique. And you can really expand your horizons so much easier today and just learn so much uh, just by looking for it and it's not hard to find when you start looking and i think chef steps is just one of those great resources that are are, that's available for anybody who's passionate about food today um so thank you for joining me i I wrap up every episode chris um by having my guests call somebody out who is an indie restaurant professional a, a successful restaurant professional that you admire and think would be a great guest mentor on the show who is somebody that i admire um have you talked to Harold McGee? Because there would be no Chris Young and there would be no modernist cuisine if Harold McGee had not written on food and cooking. It was the inspiration for Heston, and it was my inspiration for becoming a cook. I have not, and I would love an introduction if you can make it happen. I will make that happen. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. Uh, and just let the folks at home know how we can connect with you if there's any further questions, uh, your contact information, social media feeds, if you have them, let us have it. Uh, chefsteps.com and you can follow me as chef chris young on twitter chef steps on twitter and i'm also on facebook awesome thank you so much chris young for coming on the show giving us your time your knowledge and teaching us more about chef steps there's no questioning you are unstoppable thank you eric pleasure (laughs) to be here cheers All right, another episode wrapped up here at Restaurant Unstoppable. Chef Chris Young with Chef Steps, thank you so much for coming on the show and uh, just showing us that, you know, it's really up to us. The information's out there. All we got to do is reach out and grab it to grow personally and really push the envelope. Uh, This is a free resource, guys. So what are you waiting for? Get out there and start growing yourself personally. Like we said, the resources are unlimited. It's just up to you to make the decision. This is episode 211, so if you're interested in uh, checking out ChefSteps.com or uh, picking up uh, Chef 
Chris Hill's co-authored book, Modernist Cuisine. Uh, just head over to restaurantunstoppable.com slash 211. You'll find the links right there. Uh, and a recap of today's discussion. Uh, and like always, guys, just a quick reminder. Please support the show. It's easy to do. Five-star reviews, iTunes, and Stitcher Radio go so far. Using my links really help. And uh, just spreading the word and continuing to listen and uh, just telling other people that there's this free resource, a melting pot of mentors, people working together, sharing stories, uh, to get motivated, to get inspired, to grow personally. That's what we're all about. It's pretty freaking awesome. Why wouldn't you want to spread the word? So uh, thank you in advance if you have spread the word. And thank you to all those people who have been writing me emails, telling me about what they like about the show, their suggestions, things I should talk about on the show. You guys have no idea how much that helps. The show is for you. So when you tell me what you want, when you tell me what your pain points are, I can get super specific. I can go out and get those experts to help us grow together because keep in mind i'm a student of the industry too with every one of these interviews i'm right there beside you learning so i do love it when you do reach out to me and share your thoughts with me so thank you so so much uh you guys know who you are and that email is eric at restaurantunstoppable.com eric with a c all right i'm talking way too much i'm gonna let you guys go with a half hour and they're just 32 minutes that's not bad that's pretty good so thanks for hanging out this long and until next time peace out